Hey, what's going on? It's Michael Yo. Welcome to the Michael Yo Show podcast. A couple things before we start. Uh, first of all, thanks for all the love on the podcast, man. You guys are really coming in. Make sure if you're listening on iTunes, you give it five stars and leave a comment. That does so much for me personally. It helps it move up in the ranks. And um, also, I got a comedy special out, Blasian. Yes, I'm promoting it. I'm putting it out there, Blasian. You can watch for free on Amazon Prime. Please give that five stars and comment too. Now, a lot of, you know, we're in this situation where you're watching the news. You're watching the news all the time. And man, I got to tell you, if you're watching the news, it's tied to politics all the time. You know, the coronavirus is tied to politics one side or the other. And what I like to do is give people facts that is not attached to politics at all. I just want a real doctor on to, to talk about the coronavirus and the latest updates on the coronavirus. Now, before I get to Dr. Shaw, I want to let you know, if you have a question and you're watching this live on Facebook or YouTube, you can leave a comment in the comment section. I've already got tons of questions that I'll be asking from my Instagram page. So there's several ways you can jump into this podcast. Now, if you're listening, of course, the day before, every day, the day before I release the podcast, I do it live on YouTube and Facebook because I want it to be more interactive with you guys. I want to actually take your questions and put them on the air. Uh, so that's why I'm doing this. But uh, with no further ado, I'm bringing them in right now. Dr. Shah, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great, buddy. It's so good to see you. All right, before we jump into all these questions we have about the coronavirus, I want people to know more about you. So how'd you get into the business and what got you to this point where now everybody's reaching out to you to share and go back and forth with information? Yeah, sure, Michael. So I guess it all started when I graduated med school. I, it was a long time ago, <laughs> uh, not to age myself, but it was a while ago. But you know, I graduated real early. I was 21 years old when I became a doctor. And I only tell you that not to brag, but just because I've had a long career in medicine. Um, I started off being a surgeon, spent a lot of time doing trauma surgery, stuff coming into the emergency room, ICU, um, took care of a lot of people in the intensive care unit, did that for a long time. And then, you know, after getting no sleep for about 10 years, I decided, <laughs> I decided to change careers a little bit and uh, do more elective based surgery. After that, I uh, had my own health challenges, which forced me to learn how to become healthy, which, you know, when you're a doctor, you're not learning how to be healthy. You're learning how to diagnose someone who's sick and take care of them and give them a medication or a drug or a surgery that takes care of sick people, which is great right now. Like with COVID going on, that's what we need. But um, there's not a lot of doctors out there that can optimize your health and keep you healthy. So I went down that path, got myself healthy in about six months uh, and started a business next health just to help people optimize their health, get healthy. Been doing that for about five years now. And now during coronavirus, we have a lot of people that, you know, we have thousands of clients and all of them are scared. All of them want to know what to do. And I've been getting a ton of information to them for them and trying to just keep everyone as healthy as possible through this. Now, through Next Health, you also have an immunity test. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But what is the latest update? Let's jump into all the questions we have about coronavirus, because that's why everybody's coming in. What are what what is the latest update right now on coronavirus? Like the biggest thing you have discovered today? Hmm. That's a great question. So I think that we have 
a few things that I'm looking at right now is there's a very promising drug called remdesivir. I know you've heard about it yet, but it's an antiviral that they were testing with Ebola virus, actually. So I'm following that. That can be a game changer. I'm following intravenous immune globulin treatments from people who have recovered from the virus. And then I'm also, which is gonna be very promising as well, I think. And then lastly, the whole situation around testing and antibody testing and how that's kind of unraveling and forming itself into something that's gonna be potentially another game changer as well. I think between trying to find treatments immediately that are gonna help people right now and continuing our um, social distancing policies effectively, and finding good testing, those are gonna be the three keys to getting past this. And unfortunately, all of those require time. And, and that's kind of what I'm tracking right now. And I think I think we, we do know how to get through this. We know that there's a, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. We just all have to be patient to get there. Okay, so when I was in the hospital, if you're just tuning in, I was in ICU for eight days. Uh, very scary times. Uh, doctor told me, Basically, when I went in, uh, I said, am I going to make it? He said, we'll know in two days. It's going to go good or it's going to go really bad because your lungs are filling up with fluid. So for about a day and a half, they put me on the hydrox, what, the thing everybody- Hydroxy, what is Hydroxyquinolone? Yeah. The malaria they, medication. The malaria right. medication. They put me on that, but they only kept it on me for a day and a half. But at the same time they started that, they started, they gave me the HIV drug and they gave it to me throughout- the whole thing. Now, I was the first patient with Corona at the hospital, at that hospital. So I had all eyes on me. So they were trying out everything on me, right, you know? Right. So it was, it was that type of thing. But is there any proof that this right now, as of right now, this hydroxychloroquine or yep. however you say it, it has any proof to working? Not really. We have a couple of studies on a few hundred people that have showed some efficacy. If anything, it's mild. Um, and if anything, um, no one really knows at what point in disease is going to be helpful. So for someone like yourself that was in the ICU, like you said, they were throwing everything in the kitchen sink at you to try to uh -huh. get you better quickly. And people just don't know. And at that point, doctors are making risk-benefit assessments, all right? So the main risk of being on hydroxyquinolone is that you could have arrhythmias of your heart. But you were hooked up to heart monitors the entire time. So if you had that, they could treat that. So the risk to you, relatively speaking, is kind of low, and the benefit could have been there, right? So that's why they gave it to you. I think now more and more, the more um, ICU physicians I'm talking to, they're not seeing benefits to it, but they are still giving it because there's still very low risk in giving that medication. And there's going to have to be huge studies on this stuff, you know, and when you're giving people five, six, seven different medications, trying to get them to get better, how do you tease out what that particular medication is doing or not doing? It's mm -hmm. really hard, right? So, so these are the situations that we're in right now when we're in the middle of a pandemic trying to do drug discovery. It's, it's almost impossible to know. And we're making risk benefit assessments on every one of these treatments. All right. So we have a funny comment uh, because <laughs> this is a very serious topic, but a funny comment from Jason Escobedo. He says, is that a coronavirus model behind the doctor? <laughs> <laughs> it's actually, it actually looks very similar to this. Uh, yeah. uh, that's why I put it back there, actually. It looks oh, did like you really? Yeah. Yeah. This, this, is a, this is like a fake plant in my house. <laughs> oh, so this was <laughs> perfect. Not, did you really <laughs> plan that? Similar. Well, I was ro roaming my house trying to look for an appropriate spot to do this, and that looked pretty good. <laughs> I like it. Seemed, seemed like it would work. 
No, it does work because people think it's the coronavirus behind you. Now, <laughs> I'm going to go with that. There you go. I want to um, get to these questions. Uh, if you want to ask a question live on the air, all you got to do is leave the comment up and I can put up your question just like I did with Jason Escobedo. Um, people are asking, is it okay for non-responders to get N95 masks now? I think so. I mean, look, here's the deal. If you are in an area of the country where there are lacking N95 masks, please go and donate them to the hospital. However, if you call the hospitals and they're telling you, look, we're fine for now, we don't need donations, go ahead and get them and go, go ahead and use it. You know, it's, it's probably one of the safest masks out there. I know they're telling uh, people to make their own masks if you don't have access to these. There are bazillions of the surgical masks out there. Something is better than nothing. And you need to check around to your local hospital, see if anyone needs the N95s. If you have access to them, it'd be a great thing for you to donate them. I donated thousands and thousands of N95 masks when this thing first started. But right now, the hospitals in Los Angeles are not needing them. They're, they're pretty well stocked. Okay. Is it true that after the virus is finished, you still can feel run down for weeks? Absolutely. So look, this virus, just like any other infectious disease, can really throw you for a loop. And especially if you get sick and you end up in the hospital, you're going to have a protracted recovery period because it does cause some degree of long lasting and maybe even permanent damage to your lungs. So it could last a long time. And a lot of it just has to really do with how healthy your immune system is and how quickly you can heal from, from these types of insults to your body. Okay. Another question yeah. Uh, will a vaccine be absolutely necessary if we develop an effective therapeutic? A vaccine is absolutely necessary. So we we really dropped the ball the last time SARS and even MERS was out because we had an opportunity to make a vaccine to coronavirus. And then we could have just repurposed it or re-engineered it to work against this one. This virus is going to come back many, many times throughout human history for centuries. And if we don't have a virus, um, if you don't have a vaccine to this, then we're always going to be going through this major pandemic type of crisis control um, situation where everyone in the country basically shut down their life. So yes, even if you have an effective therapy, remember a therapeutic is treating the disease once you get it. A vaccine is preventing you from ever getting the disease in the first place. We want to prevent, not treat. Okay. We got a question from Kim off of Facebook. She did a drive-through blood antibody test last week with an appointment at Aventura Mall. That's a mall in Miami. Uh, they did two blood tests and it came back negative. How accurate is the test I took? Kim, I think I might know one of your uh, people on your side over there. It looks very familiar, but, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, really suspect. Okay, Kim, so Here's the problem with testing. I want to take it a couple steps back just because I think everyone needs to understand testing. This is where people are so confused right now. There's two kinds of tests. There's what's called the PCR test, which is where they put the nasal swab in the back of your nose and they actually do RNA sequencing, which is like DNA sequencing to say, you definitely have COVID-19, right? That's one kind of test. Then a lot of these drive-by centers are doing where they take a little a bit of your blood and they put in this pregnancy test looking thing and they tell you if you have had an immune response to the virus, either they're measuring for IgM or IgG. Now that test is not telling you if you have the virus right now. All it's telling you is if you've mounted an immune response in the past 
to the virus. The problem with the test as measuring the antibody response is that they're being flown in from China and Miami for sure. I mean, that's where they first got flown into. There's tons of them out there. A lot of them are total crap. They're not giving you accurate results. And there's no way the general public is going to know if that particular test that they took with a blood spot for the antibodies is accurate or not. You've got to make sure that you're talking to your doctor. And even doctors don't know. Doctors are getting these tests and they're using them. And they're like, hey, I hope this is accurate, but they don't know for sure. So the FDA has a huge job in front of them to really suss out what tests are accurate and what tests are not. In general, the tests that are going to be the most accurate for people are going to be the ones where they're putting the nasal swab in the back of your nose and you're going to getting a positive test result. That means your nasal cavities and your pharynx, the back of your throat still has the virus and you can be contagious from it. Um, and antibody tests that are done in a laboratory that is undergoing FDA evaluation as well. So those are the kind of things you want to look for. Any type of instant test result, I would be a little bit suspect of right now, just because there's so many being flown in from China and no one knows which are legit and which are not. Okay, to kind of jump on uh, the question of Kim that Kim had, and tell me, and this is just my opinion, and I have no proof about this. I feel that hospitals do not test people when they let them go because they know, even though they have to go home and do two more weeks of um, of quarantine, I feel that they know that most people will still have the coronavirus, but they're banking on it's not contagious. Right. Is right. there any is there any uh, credibility to what I'm thinking? And like I said, I haven't heard this from anybody, but I have had a lot of people since I went through this reach out to me. Doctors reached out to me through Instagram saying, oh, there's no way. There's no way we would test people before. I mean, right when they leave the hospital, because they still have it, which makes us have to keep them for two to three weeks till they more till they don't have it. We're banking on it not being contagious. Is there any credibility to that? Yeah, I mean, that, that's absolutely the, the problem, right? Is that and we're finding out from Italy now that people are still testing positive with nasal swabs a month later after stopping their quarantine. And the issue, the, the issue is, we don't know. And so here's what everything is based upon one thing. The CDC is saying that two weeks from the first exposure to the virus, you're going to be contagious. What is that from? It's just from what we've been doing previously with things like the flu, right? No one really knows how long you're contagious for, all right? So, you know, theoretically, you would think in your head, if it's still in my nose and still, still in the back of my throat, I could cough it out onto other people that are around me, right? That's what yeah. theoretically you think. And so if they were to test you right before you went home and send you home, potentially still contagious, the hospital would never, you know, get rid of all their patients and they wouldn't have room for anybody else. So unfortunately, we're just in this situation where no one really knows how long you're contagious for. We're hoping and we're banking on the fact that once you get through the first two weeks of having the disease inside of you, you've mounted an appropriate immune response and your body is killing off the virus as fast as you're getting it. So is there a chance you could still have it in your body and not be contagious? Uh, potentially, yes. I mean, no one really knows, right? I mean, this is the thing that, that you know, what do we tell people that that still test positive, like if they get a you know a PCR test and they've been, they've had it like a month of being away from this. I mean, we, we just don't know, and that's the big question that needs to be answered. Okay, but right now you have to assume you are. You have to assume you're contagious if you have a positive nasal swab. 
Okay. Now, uh, got another question is, in uh, what's the one symptom that should make you go to the ER or to the doctor? Shortness of breath. 100%. That's a symptom. Look, if you have a little bit of a, you know, a, a fever and it's a, it's a low fever and you're coughing, but you're feeling overall fine, talk to your doctor, call them right away, let them know you're going through this. Um, potentially you'd want to get a test. Maybe, you know, a lot of doctors recommend you don't just assume you have it, which I think is uh, absolutely valid to do it that way. But the minute you start getting shortness of breath, you got to get on the phone with your doctor and start getting prepared to go to the emergency room because that can devolve pretty rapidly. Okay. Okay. And another question is asked, what would you say to all the people going out there, groups of protesting and talking about 5G? They're saying a lot of people are saying 5G started this. What is that about? It's it's just it's just total ridiculous um, misinterpretation of of causality and what what actually leads to the virus being being transmitted and what actually happened around the same time. So what's happening is Wuhan, China has a lot of 5G towers. So people are assuming that because there are 5G towers there, that this somehow led to the virus forming. Well, the, the problem with that is, is that's like saying lighters cause lung, lung, lung cancer, right? It's not the lighter. It's the cigarettes that you smoke and you use the lighter to light up the cigarette. You see, so there's no there's no correlation, and it's absolutely ridiculous to think that 5G would have anything to do with causing this virus to um, uh, to be a pandemic right now. And people should just forget that because it's ludicrous. And the more you the more you talk to virologists, the more you talk to scientists who really know, it, the the more you understand there's no way. Okay. It's like now, you might as well just say a unicorn caused the virus. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, you, you have your own immunity test you're doing at Next Health. Can you tell me about this? So it's important to know, I mean, there's no really good immunity test to see how strong your immune system is. The tests that we do have basically just tell you when your immune system has gone to shit, basically. So it's, it's called the uh, white blood cell count. We can fractionate it into the different kinds of white blood cells you have. It can tell us if you're currently undergoing an infection, if you're currently having a, um, uh, a problem with your immunity, fighting that infection. We could tell those kind of things, but really the strength of your immune system just has a lot to do with overall health factors. So we can deduce from some of the tests that we do, we, we call it the next health baseline, we can deduce which how um, likely you are to get to get a virus or to get sick from a virus. So how's the test work? Someone would come in and then what happens? And I mean, like you said, no test is 100% reliable. So when people come in, what what type of um, what type of uh, test results will they get? What will it look like? Are you talking for COVID-19 or are you talking for immunity in general? I'm talking about if somebody came into Next Health. And to, what is your Got test it. called? Is it antibody it. or okay. immunity? What is it yes. called? Yes, we have a, we have an antibody test, right? Antibody okay. test. So, okay. So right, what's right, the right. Difference between antibody, immunity, and then the COVID. <laughs> Got it. Well, yes. immunity is is in general just how strong your immune system is, right? For fight anything. So that has that has a lot to do with how many white blood cells you have. Your white blood cells are making antibodies to different viruses, bacteria, et cetera. And so what we have is an antibody test to COVID-19, okay? So what you wanna know is did your body mount an immune response to COVID-19? And if it did, how long ago or how good is that immune response? Now, I do have to give a disclaimer that 
you know, there's a, like I said before, there's a hundred different tests out there. I think 90 at last count. And all of them need to be evaluated by the FDA to, um, to see how valid they are. Four have passed validation, but they're just not available right now. And I think that everyone needs to know that these tests are not FDA approved at all. So what's happening is doctors and health systems and hospitals are using current antibody testing platforms to see if you have antibodies to COVID-19. And we can see actually whether you have IgM or IgG or IgA antibodies. Those are three different kinds of antibodies your body makes. And they tell us different things. They tell us, are you um, currently uh, mounting an immune response? How far has your immune response gone? And if you have an immunity in your gut area from this virus to an immune response in your gut area, that's an IgA antibody. So that that's the test that we're doing. We've vetted probably about two dozen different tests and we found what we think is one of the best ones is done in a laboratory here in the United States. It has this test for four different antigens, which are four different proteins on COVID. So that way we're testing not for just one part of COVID, we're testing for four different parts of COVID. And we're also testing three different antibodies. So the more antibodies you test, the more antigens you test, theoretically, the more accurate you are. And it's not what's called point of care. So it's not like that little droplet that looks like a pregnancy test. We actually send the blood to a high complexity laboratory and they run the test on a machine, which is of course gonna be more accurate than just doing a drop of blood at the point of care. Okay, so could you, so <laughs> there is a chance you you could have COVID. Wait, there is a chance that, okay, I heard this today. There's a chance, because there's different strands of COVID, correct? No, there's one, right now there is one COVID-19. There's one COVID-19, but there's, yeah. Was there ever different strands of coronavirus? Coronavirus. Okay. Right. So if you had a different strand before of coronavirus, could that test show you uh, now negative or positive? That because oh, right. you would have show a false positive. A false positive. So here's yes. the deal. So 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 every one of these tests have to undergo validation um, to see how sensitive it is and how specific it is to COVID nineteen versus other coronaviruses, okay? And so this, that's where the real, and I'm glad you're asking these questions, because that's where the real nuance comes in. Can other coronaviruses cross-react with this COVID-19 strain on these tests? And so every lab has to figure that out for themselves. So, and every lab has different kinds of tests. They're, they're, used, they're using the test differently. They're conducting them differently. So every lab has to test this themselves, they have to do their own validation study and submit that to the FDA. So yes, we have to give a disclaimer that this could, give you a false positive if you've had a different coronavirus strain. But here's the thing you have to know. If you had a different coronavirus strain way in the past, you would have IgG antibodies, which are the longer term antibodies versus the IgM, which are the shorter term antibodies. And right now you have to, I would think you'd have to assume it's COVID-19 because that's the one that's out there. That's the one that everyone's getting. So it's safer if you just assume it's COVID-19 and you take the appropriate precautions as though you have COVID-19 if you get a positive antibody test result. So the test you're using, is there a day that could come where the FDA says, hey, we're seeing all your research, we're gonna approve this one? I mean, we're hoping that um, the lab gets this test approved sometime this week. The FDA has given, you know, given labs a two week time period where once they submit their validation test results that they would have two weeks before they get FDA approval. So that's around, this week. And so we're just waiting and watching just like the whole country. But I think it's really important that 
you know, the FDA does this because we have to suss out which of the legitimate laboratories providing good results. So all this other junk can go away and people get good information and not base whether or not they're quarantining on bad information. I mean, the last thing you want is to get a false negative and a false sense of security or a false positive and have to isolate for two weeks and not and not be around family, et cetera, um, due to a false positive. So th- this why? is where the FDA really needs to focus on this. Well, why would the FDA approve four tests that you can't even get? Well, the the thing is, one of the tests is um, Mount Sinai Hospital in New York. I'm sure they're, they're maximally you know, at capacity doing their own testing. One of them is from Celex, which is a Chinese manufacturer. And I don't know anyone that's been able to get their hands on those tests, probably due to um, export issues, or this probably just ran out. Um, The other two just recently got approved. You know, all this stuff is so, so uh, rapidly changing. And I think the minute one gets approved, they're pretty much already been spoken for, right? Because people already know that they're going down the approval pathway and um, this and this is a test to buy. And there are a lot of sick people out there, a lot of hospitals that are in direct connection with these laboratories. And so remember, testing is, is very local, actually. Like there's, you know, if, if a test gets approved by a certain laboratory and they ship out all their tests to, you know, New York City, they're not going to have tests for anybody else. And then other communities are looking for their own tests that are validated as well. So another question that, that came in, do they know yet if you can get it twice? Because in Korea, uh, you're hearing wow. people are retesting with it. Now, does that mean they had it, lost it, they tested them and it showed up they didn't have it and now they have it again? Or is it they just assumed they didn't have it because they no. waited the whole time period you're supposed to wait and then tested them and they still had it. I, I think it's I think it's more of the uh, first thing you said that they tested them negative and then they got it back again, tested positive again later. And um, but you know I, it still it still remains to be seen what that all really means. Some of it could be testing errors and getting false positives from the initial test. Some of it could be um, a reactivation of the same virus. So say your immune response wasn't as healthy or strong as it needed to be. And you know this happens all the time with infections. Like um, you see this with bacterial infections that you get an infection, you take your antibiotics, but you stop them too early. And then the infection just comes back again. So some of it can be some of that. We, once again, there's so many questions with this virus that need to be answered. And unless you start doing large scale population-based studies, you hear these little stories, which we call in medicine anecdotes, right? So you have these anecdotal studies, and then it's really hard to base what you're doing for a population on those small anecdotal studies. So even though we're having those anecdotal um, stories come out, we probably won't base what we're doing for us as a population on those stories, but we need to be aware that they do exist. So once you get out of the hospital, because I had Corona and I had pneumonia, they held me for eight days. But once I got home, basically they said, the only thing I can do is take Mucinex to kind of loosen up the phlegm. Is that really all like they're getting, they gave me this uh, this thing where you breathe into and this little thing goes up and I don't know what it's called. The incentive spirometer. Yes. That thing is really good actually. That that thing is key. You got to do the incentive spirometer. Oh, I've been doing it. I've been doing it every day. But my thing is, is that really all they can give you when you get back? Yeah. I mean, look, what, what you have to do now is recover your lungs, right? So you've, you've been through the virus, you've been treated, you've mounted an appropriate immune response at this point in time. Your immune system is doing all the work. And 
you know, other than some research drugs, we don't really think we don't really have a medication that's going to kill this virus. So you, there's no one should be sending you home on pills because there are no pills that kind of kills this virus right now. That we okay. Know okay. So you're just recovering your lungs from the disease process. And that's what that incentive spirometer, the mucinex is for. Okay. I did hear, and maybe I heard this from Allie Wentworth when she was talking to George Stephanopoulos on ABC, cause they both got it. Uh, they mm-hmm. both have the coronavirus, but if you use a spray, up your nose, you, sh- mm-hmm. you shouldn't use that because it could help spread it. I don't know if I heard that right. Um, you know, uh, I'm not I'm not so sure about that. I didn't hear that. I don't know what they're really okay. uh, talking about, but I think the spray that they're using is a kind that um, just probably opens up your nasal passageways, you know, and they're probably using albuterol inhalers as well to help people get their lungs opened up again. So all this stuff, I mean, all this stuff is um, stuff that you can use to recover symptomatically from it. And theoretically, yeah, I mean, if you spray this stuff in your nose and you still have virus in your nose and you breathe it in into deep into your lungs where it does the most damage, that can be an issue too. It's all theory. No one knows for sure, but you know, you got to you got to do what feels the best, and you got to get your lungs recovered for sure. So I would say the incentive spirometer is, is probably going to be your best chance of that. So let me ask you this: since the the best test they have so far is where they stick the tube or stick the Q-tip up your nose, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. After, let's say you've been been cleared of all symptoms. How long since it's so far in your nose, could that just build up and you don't have it, but you haven't blew this stuff out yet? Or is it has nothing to do with stuff coming, like snot coming out your nose? I just have this feeling like stuff is just clogged up here and it takes forever to come out and you could be cleared of everything. No? Yes? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we know that the virus lives in the upper respiratory and lower respiratory passageways. And what makes the virus dangerous or so contagious is that it lives there. And if you cough and you blow your nose on somebody that you could, you know, you could potentially infect them as well. Now with you, you're, we're going based upon, again, that two week time period that the CDC gave us at the beginning of this whole thing. And we're going based upon the theory that your antibodies are killing that virus. So most likely you just have mucus congestion right now. It's highly doubtful that you still have virus living in there that you can infect other people with. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I took the COVID test. I was, yeah. they said I didn't have it, but oh, good. it's interesting to me because I'm still, yeah, they told me this about a week and a half ago, but I'm still coughing up. But yeah. you know, the doctor said my lungs are still filled with fluid Right. So right. it's like I'm still coughing up this phlegm. Right, right. So the phlegm is not the virus itself. The phlegm is your body's Oh, it's reaction. not. Okay. No, no. The phlegm is your body's reaction to the virus. Your body's white blood cells attract all that fluid into your lungs, into your sinuses, and it does that to help those cells get to the virus. So, this, so your immune cells can swim through this fluid and get, get to the virus to try to kill it. And also as you know, as a product of dead cells as well, it's a lot of stuff mixed in there, but it's not the virus itself um, per se. Okay, so just by you talking to all these other doctors and different experts, will there be a vaccine like within the next year? What's your thoughts on it? And will we see this hit hard again in the fall? Because now there's a lot of pressure for people to get back to work. Yeah. So um, from everyone I've talked to, I spoke to a virologist the other day as well. And they, they, to them, 
it's really going to be 18 months. 12 months is way too aggressive. And the problem is really not in um, developing a vaccine. The, the bigger problem is getting this vaccine out there and tested and to see what it does. And then if it causes a problem, then going back to the drawing board again, you see? And so mm -hmm. there's two there's two issues here. So the one issue in developing vaccine is the speed of biology. So all these vaccines are developed in mice or rats, animals, and you're testing it in, in, the, in, in mice. And what you're doing is you're giving the mice actual COVID, you're waiting for them to develop antibodies, and then you then you get those antibodies out of them and you purify them. And you can also do this with you know other animals as well, I assume. So it takes a while for that to happen. It takes a month or two for that to happen. Secondly, once you develop the vaccine, you have to give it to a lot of people and see if it causes the other problem, which is the other problem, which is occurring a lot, is is we're seeing a lot of people get sick, not from the virus itself, but from the body's immune response to the virus. So there's this thing called cytokine storm. And what's happening is your body's having this overactive immune response to the virus, and it's causing all this fluid to build up in your lungs and people to get really, really overly sick, more sick than just from the virus itself. And if if our vaccine causes that to happen, that's a big problem, right? We can't use that vaccine. So this is where the testing cycle is going to take a while. And, and we won't know for a while if we have a vaccine or not. Yeah, I find it I find it crazy that I've been watching the news and man, I feel lucky that I made it. But people that are like 40, 39, uh, they're in households and the and the guy and the father, these two cases I saw, the father died, but the female in the relationship didn't even like was asymptomatic. It, it how is this? What, what what's interesting to me is how can it affect so many people harder than it affects other people? Could it be that um, some people get more of it in them, so it's a, it's more of a viral load they're getting in them? So or, because some people can get one droplet, but maybe another person got like five thousand droplets in them. I, I don't know. Yeah. I think viral load could have something to do with it, but I think that's that's the most minor issue. I think there's two there's two issues. One is just like any other viral infection, like even if you get the flu or you get you know any viral infection, the status of your overall health has a lot to do with how well you can fight this virus. So if you're a smoker, if you're a diabetic, even if you're vaping, if you're obese, if you're older, if you're sick from any other immune disease, all those things is gonna make it more likely that you will get sicker from this virus than other people. Now, the second thing with this virus, which is the one that's most concerning, is this overactive immune response that I'm talking to you about. I mean, it is, it is my, it's like nothing that doctors have ever seen the immune reaction this virus is causing. And it's crazy and it's weird. And um, if you're one of those people that are developing this overactive immune response, you will get incredibly sick. And that's happening to super healthy people as well. Like, you know, what you kind of experience as well. Mm -hmm. You're having this, and that's the part that we haven't figured out. That's why healthy people are getting super sick, I feel. And that's why a lot of doctors I talk to are saying is that this overactive immune response is really causing that um, that reaction is uh, to, to be overblown and people get really sick. And I also saw that some doctors are saying they see oxygen levels. I may get this wrong, mm -hmm. but normally those are between 94 and 100 is good. But they see people with this oxygen level of 50 and their lungs are clogged up with fluid. 
but they're still on their phone. So there's a there's some miscommunication going on with their brain and what's actually happening in their body. And they can't explain that either. Have you heard of, of this? Yeah, I think I think that that's happening because a lot of really healthy people are getting super sick with this. And so they're tolerating low oxygenation levels. I doubt it's 50, probably like even somewhere in the 80s that they're tolerating this. And they're just kind of, you know, and I'm sure there's certain levels of denial as well with some of this as well. That's why, you know, it's really important the minute you get short of breath to go see a doctor. You know, you can buy those little pulse oximeters, they're called on Amazon or at the drugstore. You can check they're all sold oxygen. out now. I left the doctor and he gave me one. And then my wife went on to try to find one. And she was like, they're all, they're all sold out. Everyone yeah. is sold out. It's crazy. I bet. It's, it's, it's like not, Lysol. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I think there's, a, you know, I think just us as an American population, we have this tendency that as soon as something hits the news with a one liner, we go straight to Amazon and buy the yeah. thing. You know? <laughs> Amazon is banking so big on this coronavirus, oh man. They're, they're it's killing insane. it right now. They're killing it. <laughs> All right. So at, at Next Health, I, I want to tell everybody to go to Next Health because I go there all the time. I love Dr. Shaw, but your antibody test is going on and people can go to nexthealth.com. What, what is the website to check out all yeah, the information? Next-health.com. And, and, you know, I just wanted to say like, we're make, what we're doing this antibody test for is not because we're trying to profit off this in any way. We're, we're barely charging above our costs for it. And the reason we're doing this is more to be part of the solution than just sit around doing nothing because we, you know, Next Health is the next evolution of healthcare, which is to keep people as healthy as possible. And we believe that antibody testing is going to be a huge part of the solution. I've done everything I possibly can, talked to a million experts to find the best antibody tests out there. And, you know, there's a lot of confusion right now. There's a lot of, there's a lot of people saying that antibody tests aren't going to work. I mean, we do know that antibody tests work and, and, I, I can't tell you for sure on the air that our antibody test is the one that that's the best at all. I mean, I, I just know what I've seen out of our antibody test. Everyone has to understand they're not FDA approved, but I think that, you know, people need to do their own research and people need to really vet these things. Talk to your doctor, see what your doctor says. He's the one or she's the one that knows you the best and do it and do what they recommend. And we're going to figure this out in the next week or two. And, and at that point in time, I believe personally that antibody testing is going to be a huge part of the solution. All right. Where can people reach you, Dr. Shah? Just my social media. It's, it's on the screen over there. This, this app. There is you really go. Cool. I see it. Let me, let me, let me blow it up yeah. a little bit so people there can see it. it. You can follow At him. In. MD, yeah. And if you want to learn more about next health, it's uh, on Instagram. It's at next health underscore at next right. underscore health LA exactly. or just health. Nope. Just next underscore health. That's us. All right. Dr. Shah. Next thank you. Health. Yep. All right, Dr. Shah. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Hey, Michael, this is great. Always good talking to you. Take care. Good talking to you too. I'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. There you go, guys. Uh, that's the end of the podcast. So please do me two favors. Be safe out there. Stay inside. Stop being, there's some people, and I'm not talking to everybody, but stop being so selfish when other people are being so selfless. Like big shout outs to all the, um, First responders, all the essential workers, doctors, nurses, cops, teachers, um, firefighters. They're risking their lives for us. So at least we can take some responsibility and be safe. You know what I mean? That That's what we really need to do. We really need to be safe out there and just love each other. Um, 
like I said before, if you're watching this, I do live streams the day before my podcast come, comes out. If you want to, please uh, follow my podcast. It is The Michael Yo Show. You can get it on iTunes. Please give it a comment. Give it five stars. And if you're bored, since you have so much time on your hands, watch my special. Watch my special right now on Amazon Prime. It is called Blasian. All right. You can find it on Amazon Prime. Give it five stars and I would appreciate the love. Have a great one. Love you guys. Stay safe. Follow me on Instagram at Michael Yo. I'm out.